Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, you'll have to forgive me because I am recovering from a concussion. Poor Katie. She has allergies too. I have allergies too, so I sound all stuffed up. And all of this makes me feel a little bit like the fool because there's nothing like giving yourself a concussion. I feel like if I had a better story, it would make a a better podcast. I got into a fight protecting Tiffany from ruffians or something like that, (laughs) which did not happen. But no, instead I stood up into a uh, very thick wooden shutter that we have in our house to block the light out. And it was standing ajar and I leaned over to plug a light in and stood straight up into it and bam. Yes. Whack the back of her head. And the only reason I know I had a concussion is because I've had one before. So I knew what the feeling was like. And so now that happened on a Sunday and we're recording this on a Saturday. So that was many, many, many days ago. Even still, I have a little bit of a headache. I'm coming along. I'm, I've made serious progress. I can see. I can concentrate. I can read. Could you not see for a while? Well, I could see. But everything seems kind of muddled. So yeah, I've never had a concussion what it's like is, um, say you're sitting in front of a computer screen and you're trying to read an article. For whatever reason, it's not computing. Or you're typing an email and then you read it back over and you realize that some of the words are mixed up or backwards and you felt like you typed it in right, but you didn't or you've written down wrong words. And every time somebody talks to you and says, well, do you think you're okay? Is something wrong? You, you just sort of what (laughs) yeah like that oh it took you several days to go to the doctor a lot of days four days four days what was stopping you from going well (laughs) i think a lot of things one i think obviously i medical care here is free if you go to the hospital If if you go to the emergency room right which is great that is not the experience that you have when you go in the united states when you go to the emergency room you're going to pay through the nose for your experience. And so I think you have that, at least I have that um, gut reaction saying, that is the last thing you do. So you just put it off because you don't want to spend the money. You only go when you think, all right, fine. I'm not getting any better. I need to go see somebody. Or I'm bleeding profusely. (laughs) I don't know why you would go. So that was one reason. But you knew it was free, right? I knew it was free. So it was just that mental habit stopping you? Yeah, I mean, everybody who's ever been to the emergency room, think back to your experience. It's never a fun time. You usually end up sitting in the lobby, and you feel like you have a serious issue, but yet you're at the low of the food chain, and they may not come get you for hours. Yeah, I know. It's horrible. But, (laughs) But it's better than, you know, having internal bleeding in your brain. I don't know. I'm trying to be the voice of reason here. But the point is, let's just get facts to facts. She went to the emergency room, partially at least, because I bugged her too. That's true. And also when you have a concussion, you have no motivation. So I didn't really want to have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I was already having enough trouble just focusing on anything for a few moments. And Derek wasn't forcing you? Well, he kept going back and forth because the sane part of him says, I feel like if you had internal bleeding in your brain it would be worse than this or you would have blacked out or you would have thrown up or something of more dramatic would have happened no, of course i was pretty sure that you didn't have internal bleeding in your brain but nevertheless you know i always think if you're in italy at least take advantage of the few things that italy has going for it and one of those things is the medical care 
it's not the best in the world and it's definitely not the best in Europe, but it's pretty amazing compared to the US, or at least how the US has been up until recently. And I would agree from my experience in going there after waiting for three hours, something like that. And the other thing stopping you, of course, is there's really nothing harder to do in a foreign language than talk about medical issues. That's not something that you are studying. You're studying no. who, what, where, when, why, and little At least nouns. you might know the body parts. That's true. And you can pantomime really well. Yeah. And some <laughs> words, how Italian words end, you know, most medical terms are in Latin. If you have appendicitis, even if you say it in English, they're going to know what it is because it's a Actually, I don't even know what it is in Italian. It's <laughs> because be you've never had appendicitis. Appendiciti. It's probably something very close to that. They're just the ending, like a couple letters at the end change, and obviously the pronunciation. So, but no, I do know what you mean, especially if they're like giving you advice and you're thinking, what is he saying? Is he saying, I should sleep all day or that I shouldn't sleep? If you just miss one little word, it could be grave. Very grave. <laughs> <laughs> the long and the short of this story is I did go. Which and I, hospital did you go to? I went to the one on the island. Okay, I just want a little cultural note here. That hospital, which is called Fate Bene Fratelli, on that little island that is in the Tiber River, for those of you who aren't that familiar with Rome, that hospital was founded on top of an ancient health sanctuary or healing site. So it's kind of cool that even the hospitals have history. Wasn't there a hospital founded there because a snake jumped off a boat? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> can you tell us that story? Do you know that story? I do know that story. Let's see if I can get it right. It's a legend, so probably the whole thing is inaccurate. But the legend is something like this. Um, the Romans wanted to build a temple to Asclepius. And Asclepius is the god of medicine and healing. And he's a god of Greek origin, like most of the Roman gods. So they went somewhere in Greece. I can't remember. Wherever the, like, the Greek main like sanctuary of Asclepius is in Greece. I don't know where. And they got some kind of relic that belonged to him. I don't know if it was his staff or what it was, but they got a relic. And somehow or other, a snake, the staff and the snake are the sign of Asclepius and the symbol of medicine. A snake somehow managed to get on board the ship. Just what are the odds? And uh, In with the fruit they packed, I guess. Yeah, so the snake gets on board the ship, and basically they come back to Rome with the staff or, or whatever this relic was, and the boat is floating up the Tiber River towards the center, and the snake just jumps off the boat and swims to the Tiber Island, which at that time there was not really anything on it. They took that as a sign that that is where the temple to Asclepius should be built or a healing center as well. So that's that's the story in a nutshell. Why did I put off going to a hospital like that, right? Well, exactly. It's also the hospital where almost all the babies in Rome were born, or at least a good percentage of them. So that's the hospital I went to. There was no snakes that I saw, but it did look old. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very old. After waiting for a long time, I did have a very, very nice doctor who um, did speak quite a bit of English, actually, which was good. He couldn't totally explain, but Derek was there to sort of fill in the gaps. And basically what his determination was, what I expected, which was your reflexes are good. You, your eyes look good. I understand that your head hurts, but I don't know why you feel like you're in a fog four days later. And I don't know why you keep feeling like you're getting better and then you feel like you're worse the next day. And so, because I don't know why, I would like to observe you for the next 24 hours. But this hospital is very full, and there's no rooms left. Oh, no. So 
I would like to observe you for the next 24 hours, but you're going to have to sleep. You're going to have to come to my house. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I don't work overnight. Um, No. (laughs) So, but you're going to have to sleep in a cot in the hallway. Oh, no wonder you didn't stay. And I said, well, could Derek stay with me? Sure. I don't know where he was going to (laughs) be. In your bed. But then there was something about that that freaked me out. I'm just going there to have him check that my brain isn't about to explode or something like that. And then for him to say, I would like you to stay here for the next 24 hours, it being three o'clock in the afternoon, freaked me out. Panic. Like, (laughs) I'm going to run home now. Uh, Just because it made it seem more serious, maybe. I don't know why. And I really didn't want to stay there. I mean, I'd already been sitting there for three hours. Yeah, well, nobody wants to stay in the hospital unless they absolutely have to. Right. And so I said, okay, well, if I stay, because he's like, you can go. I can't force you to stay, but I would like you to stay, is what he said. I said, okay, well, if I do stay... Since you're not going to be able to check me into a bed for the next three hours, which is what he told me, can I go home and get some clothes and book and eat something? Because I hadn't eaten yet. It was like three in the clock in the afternoon. And he said, no, you need to stay. Derek can leave, but you need to stay here. Otherwise, you'll lose your place in line. So I was going to have to sit in the lobby for like another three hours. At which point, Derek and I had a discussion me still being muddled so my ability to have a discussion is poor (laughs) but i i just said well what is he what's he gonna do what's he gonna observe nothing's gonna happen tonight i'm just gonna not be able to sleep because i'm in the hallway of a hospital unless i have a stroke tonight there's gonna be nothing to observe i just wonder how that would have gone down in an american hospital if they would have tried to get you to stay overnight Probably not. They would have been like, you're fine, go home. I think that usually, from what I've heard, even women who've just given birth are like, you don't need to stay the night. Like, they're like, (laughs) released the same day. I mean, that seems, I don't know, it seems, I can understand where he's coming from, but I can definitely see why you didn't stay. And I wouldn't have either, I don't think. Yeah, and I didn't. And I'm really glad I didn't. (laughs) I considered doing it for the podcast alone so that I could report what it was like to be in that hospital for 24 hours. Well, we can cut and go back and you can lie and say that you stayed. (laughs) That's okay. I wouldn't know how to make it up. It was chaotic. I'll tell you that. But he was a very nice doctor and he definitely seemed very knowledgeable, very skilled. I'm thinking back now and I don't think I've ever stayed overnight in an Italian hospital. In all the 10 years I've lived here, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I haven't. I think I would remember it. (laughs) But I do have a couple of funny (laughs) hospital stories since we're on the subject. Yes, please share. This one I just sort of remembered. I had a Christmas party about five or six years ago. It's the first year I was dating my my current husband. My only husband, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) The current one. The new one will be uh, (laughs) arriving by June uh, of next year. (laughs) No, uh, my my now husband is what I meant to say. So we were just dating at the time. And I was washing the dishes after having this great holiday party. And a champagne flute fell out of the dish dryer tray thingy and totally shattered. And a piece of glass went right into my hand and it was very thin glass and it, it was like the space between my thumb and my index finger Ugh. which i since learned has a very important tendon or something there's something in there that's very difficult to repair if you cut it and very luckily for me it didn't touch that but for that one moment i looked down and i could see into my hand 
because the uh, skin was completely cut through and I could see all these like weird looking pink things in there, <laughs> Sick. which I suppose were the tendons. And, you know, I just started screaming, of course. And so um, and so we went to the hospital. We went to the same hospital. Uh, Fatih I can't remember how long we waited. A couple hours, probably. And I got my stitches. You can see them right there. Oh, uh, right here. It actually only needed two stitches and they did a pretty bad. I think they did a bad job, but maybe that's just. I feel like I can see the actual stitch marks. Well, that's okay, like though. two little X's. I don't like, I don't think they did a great job, but that's not the point. The point is, the funny part of the story comes when I needed to get the stitches taken out. Now, my husband and I, when we speak Italian, which is the language we usually speak together, we often use, and this is just a habit we have, I'm not sure where it came from, but we often use a lot of suffixes. Italian has a lot of suffixes, and you use them when you want to indicate that something is small or big. The suffixes are usually ino or ucho or uh, etto, or they can also be feminine or plural, obviously, ending with an A or a different vowel. And one is the one that means big, like nazone means big nose, and ragazzina means little girl. So we, for some reason, always use these, even when they're not necessary. It's just, um, I don't know what it is. It's called being married. I guess so. He's like, you know, dammi il bicchierino, the little glass instead of the glass, you know, or i tuoi piedini, your little feet. You know, I don't know. It's just, this is just the thing we do. There are also a bunch of words in Italian that end with ino or ini, but that doesn't, it's just the way the word is made. Parigino, there's one. Parigino is a person who comes from Paris. It means Parisian. And it ends with ino, but it has nothing to do with being small. Or compiti. Actually, no, that's a T. That's not an N. Anyway, forget compiti. But anyway, the point is there are words that end with ini or ino that just are normal words. Now, Claudio was always referring to my stitches as puntini. I thought that that was the normal word for stitches. In fact, that means little stitches. (laughs) But he had only referred to them as puntini to me. So... I go to the hospital to get my stitches removed. And of course, I didn't have an appointment or anything. And I just kind of rocked up thinking it was pretty easy. They could just do it right on the spot. The woman there was giving me, I don't know if she was a nurse or what have you, but she was giving me a really hard time saying, you know, I had to make an appointment. I had to do this. And I kept saying, devo solo togliere i puntini. (laughs) I just have to take my little stitches out. (laughs) And I kept using this word, but I was totally serious because I was kind of annoyed that she wasn't helping me. And I kept saying puntini, puntini. And the word is punti. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. So when I told, but of course I didn't realize at the time. I related this story to Claudio afterwards who started howling with laughter. (laughs) And now he makes fun of me about it five years later. The woman at the desk is thinking... Okay, very precious. I get it. Okay, thank you. Make an appointment. Yeah, exactly. I ended up taking them out myself. <laughs> See, there you go. The only time I've ever had stitches, they were the self-dissolving kind. Oh, those are good. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Although I, I did end up trimming it in because it looked like it was sticking straight out of my body. So <laughs> it was gross. That was for uh, my appendix, actually. I should have oh. needed that word, appendicitis. But one of my reflections as I was sitting there and Derek and my landlord, who went along with us to the hospital, because her Italian's way better than both of ours, as they're sitting there talking to this woman about me, that there's really nothing more freaky than being in a foreign country and hearing other people talking about what they think your medical condition is Mm. and understanding snippets. And then my most vivid memory of it is being in Mexico because I knew Spanish better. 
So my comprehension was very good, but I hadn't had to speak Spanish for something like six years when I went to Mexico. So I wasn't really able to speak it, but I knew what people were talking about most of the time. And I ended up getting sunstroke. Uh, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just knew that it was terribly painful. And the people I was staying with sent me to a medical clinic with one of their neighbors, a woman I'd never met before. It's this little clinic one room in a white house or something like that. And uh, the doctor comes out with his daughter, who's maybe 12, and she has a notebook, and she's the one taking notes. His 12-year-old daughter. (laughs) Oh, God. And this woman who I don't know, who I've barely talked to, is explaining what she thinks my problem is. I could understand what she was saying, and I knew that she was describing it wrong. And so I kept saying, no, no, no. After everything, she said, no, no, not that, not that. And then they would say, well, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. And I had a book, English to Spanish. And so I would look up words and point to it. And of course, random words don't make any sense to them at all. So they just decide how, who knows how, Mm -hmm. that they're going to shoot me full of something. I don't know what they what medicine they use oh gosh they didn't even like ask you are you allergic to any medicines if or? they did i don't know it oh. was all done around me all i know is that in her fractured english she turns to me and says you need to go buy a syringe <laughs> oh. well at least you knew it was clean yeah so i went and bought a syringe brought it back they filled it up with something i don't know what and then shot it into my butt nothing changed really the only way that this whole problem got solved was finally this doctor friend of these people I was staying with came home or something like that. And they went and talked to him. And he said, sounds like she has heat stroke. Bring her over to my house. <laughs> and so I went over there. I told him about this incident at the clinic because he spoke pretty good English. And he said, what did they shoot you full of? And I said, I don't know. And he just, ha, ha, ha. Like laughing. I have to tell you, sometimes with that clinic, they're just practicing. Oh my God, <laughs> that is terrifying. Eh, how much harm could it do, right? <laughs> well. And then he got me on a drinking these special fluids that were full of aloe juice and stuff like that, and that made me recover. So I don't know what happened at that clinic, but it was a very uncomfortable experience. I can imagine. That sounds terrifying. I mean, well, I guess if you had been allergic to a medicine, you would have stated that before. You wouldn't, you know, can imagine. I would have just collapsed or you on would the have floor. just died. <laughs> wow. Another medical experience, it's not my experience, although I was present for most of it. I had my ex-stepsister-in-law. It's complicated. My family's complicated. But anyway, the point is, she was in Rome with my niece, and they were visiting the city. And she's in her, I guess, 40s, and something happened when she was bending down to pick up a water bottle. She threw her back out. Apparently, she has a bad back. Luckily, was near the hotel, like barely limped into the hotel, called me, obviously. I came over, and I said, you know, you need to either go to the emergency room or you need to have a doctor come. And she just thought, coming from the United States, the same thing that you thought, except even more. She had no idea how the medical system worked here. I sort of helped her out with talking to the hotel staff, and they were actually very helpful. And they got a doctor who came and visited her and saw that she needed to be taken to the hospital. The ambulance came, you know. She's, I'm sure, thinking, how much is this going to cost in America if you get taken away in an ambulance? I don't know. It's over, yeah. 
it's how, a lot. Yeah, how much is that? It's thousands. Yeah, thousands. And uh, I said, no, it's free. It's free. She just couldn't believe it. And so she was taken to the emergency room. She did have to wait. I think maybe she waited two or three hours. She was taken in. I think someone there spoke English and explained everything to her. She said they treated her so well. They gave her a shot of something. I guess she knew what it was. Apparently, they must have translated to her. But she was so stunned. The thing is, you go into a hospital in Italy, it's never going to be unless you're in a super expensive private clinic. If you go into a public hospital, it's probably going to seem a little bit run down. The building's going to be from like the 60s at the absolute latest, maybe from the 1800s, maybe earlier. It's not going to be like the pristine white hospital that you think of in the States. It's not going to be fancy. But the quality of the healthcare, I think, it's got to be comparable. I'm not going to say it's way better, but I think it's going to be more or less comparable to America. Emergency care is free, even if you're a foreigner, even if you're just a tourist. And then, of course, you, you have to pay a lot of taxes to have the regular medical care, which is a pain, but it means you don't have to worry about anything. That's pretty incredible, really. My coworker, she always complains that we pay all these taxes for our health care, and then when you go to the doctor, let's say you have to get this XYZ test, you have to pay what they call a ticket. Once you pay that, they'll let you see the doctor. And it depends. It can be anything from 15 euros to 80 euros. I don't know. I mean, it obviously depends on what you need to do. But she was complaining, saying, you know, this isn't right. We pay our taxes. That should cover it. I can see where she's coming from. But at the same time, I think if you need an MRI and you have to spend 100 euros or something, compare that to what it would cost you if you were in the States. I don't know how much an MRI costs in the States. A lot more than $100. Yeah. I'm not trying to get too political here and then I'll stop. But people in the States could lose their home because of medical bills. In Italy, yeah, you might be out a couple hundred bucks, and that is annoying, but that's that's it. That's the max that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. In that regard, I should have gone to the hospital the next morning. Yeah, you probably should have, but I mean, you didn't, it's just not in your mental habit to, to do something like that. If emergency room care was free, it makes you wonder how many people would not die from something. When your mind is running crazy, like mine was this whole week, you're laying in bed sleeping and something makes you jolt awake. And because you already suffered a head injury, you think, what was that? Whereas normally you probably would just jolt awake because in your dream you fell or something. But I wake up and think, what was that? Was that some sort of weird electrical current in my brain? Was that a precursor to a stroke or whatever? Your mind can go crazy when, when you've had an injury and you're not really thinking straight and you don't know what to do about it. All the terrible things that this could be leading to. If you're not afraid to go to have somebody check you out because it's going to cost you so much. How many things would get caught? Well, not only that, I do think that it's great that emergency care is free, but I don't necessarily think that you should go to the emergency room for other types of things. You well, know? of course not. Yeah. And the other thing that we have in Italy is every single person has what they call the medico di base, which is like your general practitioner. It's like your main doctor. You can pick them, and usually you pick them in terms of where you live. And mine is two blocks away from me. They have office hours in which no appointment is necessary. If you have anything, if you have the flu, if you have bronchitis like I had this year, or you think you have strep throat, or basic things that, things that really you shouldn't go to the emergency room for, but nevertheless you need medical care for, 
you go during the office hours and little tip if you go at the very beginning of the office hours there's usually hardly anybody there and you don't have to wait i usually only have to wait 20 to 30 minutes and you go in the doctor visits you he checks you out he tells you what he thinks you need and if you're sick enough that you should be resting he'll give you days off of work that's a whole other thing that's a whole other thing that is amazing which although i i can say it definitely can be abused so there's always a positive and a negative to everything For example, I had bronchitis this year. I went into the doctor. He gave me a prescription. He told me, you know, what I needed to do. I needed to do the inhaler and take some antibiotics. And he gave me three days off of work. Now, if your doctor gives you time off of work, your employer has absolutely no say in the matter. You do not have to go to work. In fact, you legally can't go. And they do that to protect people from feeling like, oh, I should go anyway. I don't want to lose my job or whatever. So you actually legally can't go to work. And I don't know how it works in America because it's been so long. But let's say you have 10 sick days or five sick days a year or whatever it is. And once those are gone, they're gone. And if you don't use them, you can use them for vacation. It doesn't work like that here. Here, you don't have any sick days allotted to you. So if you never get sick, you don't get to say, okay, I'm going to take my sick days and use them for holiday. But you get the tranquility to know that if you are sick and especially if you're really sick if you have pneumonia or you know something serious or if you break your leg and you can't move and you're in traction or something your doctor will give you a certain number of days based upon how much time you need and you get paid as you would normally get paid and your employer has nothing to say about it Hmm. it's a way that protects workers so yeah it's interesting it's a totally different medical system yeah which has been fascinating Yeah, the annoying thing is in Italy, if you just feel like, oh my God, I'm just, uh, I feel really bad. I have a cold, probably going to be gone tomorrow. But if I could just stay in today, you can't stay in unless you go to the doctor. So that's the kind of annoying thing. Yeah. And you have to go to the doctor, which is, yeah, yeah, which when you're feeling really bad and all you want to do is sleep, the last thing in the world you want to do is Mm. go to the doctor. No, that's true. But I think you can go the next day. It's not perfect. Like I said, it's not as good as the French system, for sure. I've heard good and bad things about the British system, so I don't know. Canadian system as well. I lived in Canada for a while, and I didn't need to use it very much, but it was very efficient, at least the system that I had, and it was through my university. I think that people who haven't spent a lot of time out in the United States just assume that nothing is as good as there or that these problems are universal, that whatever is problematic with the medical system in the United States is probably problematic in other countries as well. Yes, they definitely might think that, or they also just might think, you know, oh my God, I can't imagine going to the doctor in Mexico or Bangkok. I went to a medical clinic in Bangkok with a friend, and it was the fanciest, nicest, cleanest medical center I've ever been in. It's really silly to think, I can't imagine over there what it must be like. It must be terrible. I have a friend who grew up in Cuba, She told me that it's one of the best medical systems in the world in Cuba. It's amazing. To someone who's only ever lived in America, you think Cuba, you think, oh, my God, it must be horrible. But it's not necessarily that way. It might be. You might be in Mexico and they give you some medicine and you don't know know what it is. So I'm not saying everywhere is good. But, you know, I just think it's silly to just assume that nothing could be as good as the medical system in the U.S. In fact, I don't think it's one of the best. I think that's kind of been proven. I think there's a list somewhere out there. I think I heard this on Jon Stewart or something. They've had some independent board rank the countries in order, and U.S. is nowhere near the top. So it's silly to think that it's necessarily going to be the best. And I'm proud to report 
as a way of ending this podcast, I'm proud to report that the hospitals in Italy are not pastel colored. There are no light pink chairs. There are no light green chairs. No fish tanks, which is the one thing that I <laughs> really, I like the fish tanks. But one thing I can't stand about medical offices in the United States is that this universal pastel coloring that goes through hospitals. I don't remember that. I guess now that you say it, it makes sense. And even the doctors are wearing pink, purple, purple. light green, seafoam, seafoam green. Yeah. I don't remember doctors wearing seafoam. Well, maybe, maybe like a blue there was the a scrubs. Yeah, the the medical professionals in the hospital in Italy were wearing dark blue. Okay. As was the lobby. So there you go. Good to know. And I had to get a concussion to give you that information, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to throw in one last tidbit. It's just another thing that's different that's kind of interesting. In Italy, most people, and this is a negative thing for the Italian medical service, if you're in the hospital, like especially if it's a long stay, y nobody takes care of you. As in, you don't get bathed. Your family has to come and do it. I dated someone who was in the hospital for several weeks with a very bad broken hip and leg. And his mother, she came in every day to wash him. She took care of all of the unpleasant business. And she also cooked for him and brought the food in. Now, I think they will feed you, but it's horrible food and so i think most people like their family will bring them food at the hospital oh that's interesting hmm. what happens i guess you wouldn't know what happens if you don't have any family nearby i don't know i don't know i mean i'm sure like i said they'll feed you but i don't know how much they're going to take care of you as far as bathing and all of that stuff i don't i don't know well this has been the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany parks be sure to visit our website thebittersweetlife.net and uh, look up Tiffany for one of her tours at thepinesofrome.blogspot.com. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.